Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. God was like, I've already been speaking. And so what I'm going to share with you this morning is what he's already been speaking to me about. And it totally ties in. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I love when God does that. Um, it's like he's alive and working. Um, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? So we're going to watch a video first of all. Um, so if you could put your eyes to the screen, that would be great. And then I'm going to speak. Tomorrow and tomorrow. die? Where are you going to go when you die? Okay, good question. Might be a bit early, some people might need a bit more coffee to answer that. But where are we going to go when we die is a good question to ask yourself. We had a situation, I don't know if you, you saw that on the news, but um, really tragically there's been a little boy that's been killed in Withenshaw last night. And on our very doorstep as a church, we have a community that is crying out for hope and for truth. And the incredible thing is that as a Christian, we have the answer. And it's not because we're big-headed, it's because we have Jesus, and he's incredible. So, uh, as a Christian, I have an incredible inheritance when I die. When I die, I go to heaven. But guess what? That's my second death. I get to die twice as a Christian. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm not getting into that. that I don't want to die twice. Let me explain. Okay. Turn to somebody and say, eternity starts now. Okay, so we're on slide three, Alex, if you've got that. Thank you. Okay, let me explain. So my first death as a Christian, as Lucy Smith, is a spiritual death. And that happened the moment that I asked Jesus into my life. What happened was I said, Jesus, I need you. I need you to clean me up. I need you to forgive my sins. I invite you into my life. I step out of the driver's seat. You step in. You take control. And in that moment, I died to myself. And we can see that um, when we have baptism, you might have seen it where people go under the water and then come back up. And that's a physical sign of what's happening spiritually, isn't it? Hands up if you've done that already. Okay, that's amazing. And it's because that's an incredible sign of what's going on the inside. Is that we've died to ourselves and we've come back to life again. Um, and so that's my second, first death. And then it talks about in the Bible that when I've done that, I become what? A new creation. Everyone say new creation. New creation. Okay, so I die and I become a new creation. And the Bible talks about it as I've been justified. Okay, so uh, I've been justified and now I'm being sanctified. And I put that as I'm not just getting old, I'm getting better. So it talks about we get saved, and then we get to become more like Jesus. So the older that I get, I should be becoming more like Jesus. Jesus. Yeah? And that's the incredible thing, is that now we're on this journey, we get to partner with him and experience him. So my first death 
is a spiritual death. And then my second death is a bit like a physical death. It, well, it's not a bit like a physical death, it is actually a physical death. <laughs> I actually will die at some point. Um, and what happens is, as a Christian, it's this incredible thing, is that we are having this first death, and then when the second death happens, we don't need to have fear. It says, death, where is your sting? Because why? We know who we're going to meet. We know where we're going. And I think for some people, maybe like the thief on the cross next to Jesus, when Jesus died, um, the thief said, I know who you are, and I believe who you are. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. I can imagine for him that going to heaven, it was a bit like jumping out of a plane. It was a bit like, a, I'm strapped on, I've got a parachute, but it's going to be a big leap to get there. Whereas you and I, if we become a Christian and we're getting more and more changed to be like Christ, we get the opportunity that when we die, it's almost like walking in. And that's what I'm shooting for. There's a guy in the Bible that actually did that, Enoch. Do you remember him? It talks about him. Um, you can check it out, Genesis 5, verse 24. And it said that Enoch walked faithfully with God. And then he was no more because God took him away. Boom. That's pretty good, isn't it? In the sense that he's become so like him. He's walked faithfully with him over his life that God just said, okay, now it's time to come. And so... I am a dead girl walking. I've already died. I'm going to die again, but I've already died once as a Christian. And that includes an incredible inheritance for you and for me if that's happened. The first one is this. This is my favourite. Right now, it talks about, because I'm dead, I am already in heaven. If you've got your Bibles, you open it up or turn it on. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 to 6. I'm going to read from the message version, but you can obviously read from whatever version you like. But check this out. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. And we all did it. All of us did what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. Isn't it a wonder that God didn't lose his temper and do away with a lot of us? Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our dead sin lives and made us alive in Christ. He did this all on his own with no help from us. Check this. He picked us up and set us down in highest heaven with company with Jesus our Messiah. I'm dead. And now I am in heaven. Isn't that incredible? It's not, I'm not waiting until I die. The scripture says that I am now seated. And it says this, the rest of the verse. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in this world and the next. To what? To shower grace and kindness upon us in Jesus Christ. Saving is all his idea, all his work. All we have to do is trust him enough to let him do it. This morning, if you've not become a Christian, I'm asking the question that can you trust him this morning enough to allow him into your life, into the driver's seat for your life? The second thing that we get as a Christian is this, the keys to the kingdom. So not only am I in heaven, but I also get given some incredible authority. Is that good? Yeah. Everyone likes a bit of authority. You know, the, people, the stewards with the, uh, the highest jackets on at the events, they love a good bit of authority. We all love a bit of authority. Check out 
Matthew 16, verse 19. It's this incredible thing. It says this. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. Oh yes. Earth. On a yes on earth is a yes in heaven, and a no in earth is a no in heaven. So what am I saying? I'm saying you are made for eternity, and eternity starts now. If you follow Jesus, you are an eternal being right now, with the full access to heaven. And why is that important? In Matthew 6, it talks about how to pray. How does Jesus tell us how to pray? What does he say in that? Our Father, who is in heaven, your, your, on, on earth as it is in heaven. So how do we get heaven to come on earth? Well, we recognize that we can already go there. In my prayer life for Jesus, I'm not just praying empty words, hitting some kind of hopeful thing that some God might catch at some point. I have this incredible privilege of walking into the very throne room of heaven and talk to the God that made everything. It's not just later when we die that we have this incredible privilege to see him face to face. You and I, as believers this morning, get, get that privilege. It's a beautiful thing. If that's what the cross has afforded us, not only our sins forgiven and something when we actually physically die, but an opening right now that we can enable heaven to come down to earth. Why? Because we're in heaven. And we can ask, what can I pull down? What can I bring down? Is this making any sense? Yeah, Is this good news for anyone? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Well, good. Okay, good. Okay. So Jesus asked us to pray this incredible prayer. And it's because he wants his kingdom to come to earth. And um, it's this amazing privilege. You know, Jesus made you for eternity. Eternity starts now. He is building for eternity. How is Jesus building here on earth for eternity? Well, I have a little secret to tell you. I was asked to lead this church a while ago. And I just had quite a lot of uh, words about leading the church in his life and being part of kind of church planting and lots of prophetic words before we came to Ivy. I've not had that much, got to be honest. Um, so I was kind of like, great, an Andy thing, I'm going to support him, but you know, it's kind of a thing that he does, and I'm kind of dismantled. Um, and God spoke to me really clearly. Because sometimes we can feel like church is like something that we just do on Sunday, or kind of we, um, for me, it was kind of like something that I, I want to be a part of because I think it's great, but, um, you know, my husband's doing quite a lot of stuff, and I've got some other things as well going on. I run a business and that kind of thing. And Jesus spoke to me really clearly and said, <clears throat> Lucy, church is the hope of the nation. I was like, okay. <laughs> I can get on board with that. You know, this isn't just what we do here, this gathering. It isn't just so we can have a nice time on a Sunday. And I pray that you do have a nice time because Jesus is really great. But it's not just for us here. It's for the world. 
is what he does in us here, how he changes us in here, means that we affect out there. And if we do it together, we can spur each other on. That's what testimony is about. You hear something and you think, I want that in my life, Jesus. Do that for me so that I have my own story, so I can go out and tell somebody else. Does that make sense? So we're not just, you know, putting on a nice show here. What we're doing in here is the eternal hope for out there. And that's his plan. It's not because I decided to say that. Let's have a look. This is an incredible verse. This just blows my mind. Check out Ephesians 3, verses 8 to 10. And this is the, the key scripture that I felt Jesus speak to me over the holiday. Check this. My task is to bring out into the open and make plain what God... Sorry, so this is Paul talking um, as he's writing the letter. So Paul's saying, my task is to bring out into the open and to make plain what God, who created all of this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. What God is doing in the church is forming heaven. Why? Because it's his spirit in us that's changing us, making us more like Jesus. And the angels are looking and going, whoa, that looks like Jesus on the earth. It's heaven. It's his manifold wisdom. The NFI version says this. The local church... uh, Sorry, he says his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made to known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. As church, we get to inform heaven as we allow Jesus to come into our lives, change us, we become more like him, we look like him. The church becomes his hands and feet in the nation. And even heaven looks down and goes, the earth. Look, it looks like Jesus. Look what he's building here. He's building his kingdom. And I can get on board with something that's building fraternity. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing more annoying than making an incredible Lego sculpture and your child knocks it down and goes, ah, oh, I want to build something else. You're like, oh, great, I just been all through that. That's probably just me. You're all very gracious, I'm sure. Um, but we are building something for eternity. What Jesus is doing, what I want Jesus to do in me is that he does so much stuff in me that when I actually meet him, he's not blown away a load of rubbish that can't last an eternity. He's built in me incredible, heavenly things. What, do, what are those? The gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He's building those things in us. Why? Because that's what we're going to need for eternity. Yeah? And, and I don't believe, I mean, I just, this, you can ch- check to me afterwards about this if you think this is heretical, but I'm just going to say um, I don't believe that what Jesus is building in me will suddenly shift when he comes back. Some things will need to change, for sure. But I feel like he's building me for eternity, if I'm an eternal person anyway. So then, when he comes back, he's going to be able to use me for some of his stuff. We're not just going to be sitting around on deck chairs. Heaven's going to be active, and there's going to be stuff for us to do. And We will need to help lead people. And I'm not talking about 
a dominion. I'm talking about serving people and that kind of thing still in heaven because that's his gifting. And so what he's building in me, I want it to be built for eternity. And so I feel that Jesus is building something eternal in us. Does that make you excited? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Makes me feel excited. <laughs> okay. So what are we building on? Well, we talked about the cornerstone. <laughs> the big stone, as I was saying. I try to tell my kids about that as we were singing the song. I was going, yeah, so like Daddy said, big stone. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. But it basically means this. The corner lying at the extreme corner of the building, and it refers to a crucial stone that was laid in the setting of the parameters and the foundations. If we build a church on Jesus, he will let us know where to go and how big and what to do if we build on him. 1 Peter 2 talks about us being like the living stones. So when I talk about church, I'm not just talking about a building or a venue. I'm talking about you and me. We're the church. And we build our lives on Jesus. It says in 1 Peter 2, present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life, in which you'll serve as the holy priest offering Christ-approved lives up to Jesus. So, what does it look like for us to build our lives on Jesus? What does it look like for God to build eternity in and through us? Well, I, I don't have all the answers, but I've just got a few quick things that we're shooting for here at Ivy Sharston that I want to tell you about. And after that, I'm going to give us a moment to stand. The beginning of Revelation talks about Jesus walking amongst the lampstands. And it's this incredible picture. The lampstands are represent the churches. And it's the idea that Jesus himself, the risen Jesus, walks amongst the churches and talks to them. And so I want to have space for us this morning to allow Jesus to walk amongst us and for him to speak specifically to you so that you can tell us what he's saying to you. Because I don't stand at the front having all the answers. Why? This is not a one-man show. Jesus made us into community and he speaks to each of us and he will speak to you. My sheep know my voice. Everybody gets to hear it. And so I want to give us an opportunity to just spend some time listening to Jesus. What is he saying to us as Shelston? Can I just tell you a quick a few values? You might already know these. If you've been with us a long time, you may already be aware of them, but I just wanted to kind of highlight. So um, here are some of our values. And this is what we feel like Jesus is asking us to build in this season. The first one is being devoted. Who can help you be devoted to Jesus? Who's the main person that's responsible for you being devoted to Jesus? Yeah, yourself. <laughs> I would love to be able to help you, but I'm really sorry, guys. It's down to you. And I'm sorry, you can't help me in the sense of my personal devotion to Jesus. I am responsible for that. It's like a relationship. So no one else can do my marriage for me apart from me, because that's the relationship I have with Andy. I'm connected. It's my responsibility to Andy, because I'm in a committed relationship, covenant relationship with Andy. I can't expect anyone else. And it's the same with Jesus. We're in this incredible covenant relationship. And um, so we get to be devoted. You know, and when we're devoted, we do nuts things. When you're in love, you do stupid things. I travelled around the M60 pretty much most nights to visit Andy, because he lived in a different side of the city to me. And it took me an hour. 
That's only because <laughs> I'm terrible at directions and didn't know how to go through Manchester because I kept getting lost. So I just used the M60 because I was like, just jump on the blue sides and go around. But it took me an hour every day, but I did it anyway because why? I said, love, you do silly things and you're like, you don't care about how long it's going to take to get there. And so that's what we want to see as you get devoted to Jesus, as you spend time in his work, that you're actually free to do silly things for him because you love him. You're free to love him and love him well. And you can come to me and you can say, oh, I was in my quiet time and Jesus told me this idea and it sounds bonkers. And I'll be like, great, let's hear about that. Because when we're in love, he asks us to do things that don't seem normal. But it's beautiful because it's a relationship with him. And the, the next principle is family. So we here, well, the body of Christ is a family. It's not just here at Ivy. But here at Ivy Church Shaston, we want you to feel like you're part of a family. Now, you don't get to choose your uh, biological family, do you? And unfortunately... <laughs> don't get to choose your church family either. I'm in it. I'm sorry, guys. That's it. Um, but it's because everybody is allowed. And we want you to feel that you are allowed here. There is a place for you here. And I want you to speak to me specifically if there's something that you feel like, oh, do you know what? I feel like we could do with this in church to help some of the people feel accepted and welcome. Come and speak to me about that. Because I feel really passionate that we make this a place where people feel accepted and it's at home. The other thing is that um, we're shooting for um, kids' worship time as a family. And I know some of you don't have children yet, or maybe that's not the season you're in. And I really, um, I just really want you to hear my heart about family worship just for a moment. I'm aware that as a family, we get to, you know, in a normal family, in the sense of you have adults that are responsible for things, and then you have your children. As they grow up, they are given more responsibility. As we grow up, we're given more responsibility, right? I'm not going to say to my five-year-old, here's a knife, go ahead, cut the potatoes. But I'm going to help my eight-year-old, because she's getting older. And it's that as we grow in the church, we want you to have more responsibility. The more you become more like Jesus, we need you to step up and get involved. And so one of the things that we're going to ask later on is that how you feel you want to get involved in this family. How you feel you want to help us here. We're in a unprecedented time at Ivy where all of the, the, the sites are now led by volunteers. Pretty much. Apart from the paid staff. That's one day, three days a week, whatever. But all of the rest is for you incredible volunteers. And I want to stop right now and just say a massive thank you. One of the reasons we started here at Sharston of Ivy Heroes is because I'm aware of how incredible you guys serve. And you're amazing. And actually, when we join together as Ivy um, next week, we're actually going to do Ivy Heroes. And that's because the different sides are picking it up and being, yeah, we want to really thank our volunteers. And that's something that we really want to do. In fact, we are also going to do an event next term where you can come if you serve on a team. And we just want to thank you. We'll do something fun like a Kaylee or just have some silly time or whatever. But just to say a massive thank you. And some of you I know are serving your socks off. But I want to encourage some of you that maybe you feel like you haven't signed up to help for whatever reason. And that can be for a number of different reasons. But one of the reasons might be is because you feel like, oh, if I put my name down, I'm going to be just doing a load. But the thing is, if you don't put your name down, the rest of us are doing the load. So the more that we all get involved, the more it becomes a family affair. 
It's an amazing job, isn't it? Isn't it really annoying when you're cooking a massive, incredible dinner and there's some adult sat on the sofa having a cup of tea faffing about? <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen in our house at all. <laughs> it really doesn't. Everyone's going, Andy, you doesn't even drink tea, so don't worry. But it's that thing, isn't it, where actually, as a family, when we come together, we work together, it is brilliant. And I want to give you that opportunity to be a part of our family and to get involved. Being in a part of a team as well is a way to get to know other people. The one way that I, when I came to Shosen, we didn't really know that many people and we got involved in some teams and that really helped me get to know people and feel like I'm part of this family. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that later. If you uh, are, are worried as well about your time commitments or there are reasons why you feel you can't get involved, please speak to me because we're specific about helping people get involved in ways that really help them. The last three are, so worshipful. We want to help you worship Jesus and connect with him. One of the most amazing encounters I've had with the presence of God is through song worship time. It's when I'm singing a song and I sing a truth and suddenly that truth isn't just a song and the words, it's becoming a reality and I feel like oh, Jesus is speaking to me. And suddenly I say, Jesus, thank you for this truth. And then I start thinking about that truth and then God speaks to me specifically about that thing. And so that's why we give loads of time for worship, particularly here at Charleston, so that you can interact with Jesus yourself and you can have those conversations. And uh, one of the things about kids' worship is that we really want to raise up the kids to know what we're doing. When you're worshipping like this, I said to my kids this morning, I said, just have a look around and see who's worshipping. Because I want them to understand what does it mean to worship. You know, they go to school and all our kids are, are busy doing clubs and stuff, but when they come to church, we want to show them how to love Jesus well. And your example is part of that training for them. And so that's why we keep them in and that's why we're trying to encourage them. What does this word mean? And, and all that kind of stuff to help them engage well. And um, the last two, obedient ambassador. This brilliant phrase in the Bible that says, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. And so actually, if Jesus says, go, we need to be ready to go. And we want to give you permission to hear his voice. And whatever he says, we want to equip you well to do that. And that might be to go really well into your place of work, into where God has called you, and to be an obedient whatever it is, wherever God's called you. Yeah? But we want you to feel that you have that connection with God that equips you here so that you can go. And the last thing is this. Surprising fun joy. Take somebody and say, surprising fun joy. Surprising fun joy. John 10, 10 says, we are fully alive and free. So let's celebrate. Seriously. Let's not take ourselves too seriously. Because Jesus is fun. Heaven is full of incredible joy. And if we can't receive any of that, then the rest of this stuff is a bit pointless. Love and joy from heaven is fully ours, and we can receive it in abundance. And so that's what we're going to go after. So if we do some silly things, or if we ask you to do some silly things, it's because we're just trying to have some fun. Okay, so, you know, come and have fun with us. So, what is Jesus saying to us as a church? You are eternal. You are alive in heaven right now if you've died once already. If you've had your first spiritual death, you can already access heaven right now. 
So why don't we stand? And we're going to do that exact thing. Will you stand with me, please? That would be great. Just going to invite the band up as well. So we're going to just ask you just to close your eyes. I'm going to invite, I know Jesus is here, but when we say come Holy Spirit, it's because well, what we're really saying is help us be aware of you and we want more of you. And, um, and then there's going to be some paper and some pens just placed over here. And you guys, I'd love if you just feel like God speaks to you specifically about what he's doing here and what he's doing in the church. Remember, we are the home for the nation. We were praying for that family in Withenshaw this morning as a team because we are aware that what we do in here needs to affect out there. There is a family that needs hope and needs healing and needs comfort. And so this isn't just something we're doing nice and for a little response time. I just feel like what Jesus is going to speak to us about enables us to be his hands and his feet out there when we go out. His hope and his light. So let's do that. Jesus, thank you, you're already here. Thank you, you've been walking amongst us, and the Spirit is alive. Thank you that if we have said yes to you, yes to you becoming in the driving seat of our life, if we've handed over our life to you, then Jesus, I thank you that we have full access to heaven. And this morning again, I thank you that we get to do it time and time again. We get to put you back in the right place. We ask that you would be the foundation stone of our lives again. If we've moved from the left or the right, you just, this morning, you say, come. Come we be that foundational stone that we stand on. We put you back in control of our lives. We take our hands off the wheel. We invite you to come and drive again. So Jesus, come and speak specifically to us. We access heaven right now. Every good and perfect gift. I ask that you would just pour it down Thank you that we are your church. We are your living stones. And we have this incredible privilege of working with you to be the hope of this world. And so Jesus, would you come to us now? What is it that you're building here?
They've dismissed anything that comes into your mind. Just remember it's a conversation. You can ask him anything. What does this mean? Why have you said that? Tell me more about that. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.